Welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. My name is Geeta Joshi and today my guest is Caroline Jane Harris. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you, Geeta. Hi. You currently have a show on at Christian Hellegaard in Wandsworth. Should we start with that? How did that show come about? Um, I first showed with Christian about a year and a half ago in a, a group drawing show. And then later that year, she decided to represent me and we planned that I'd have a solo show in about a year's time from then. But between that point and my show, I actually won a show at ASC. So I had another solo show last summer. So I used that to finish the kind of body of work that I began at the Florence Trust, which was a a year-long residency that I did. And then with the solo show with Kristen, I kind of decided to take that in a new direction, kind of start a new body of work. So how I approached that was, whereas before I'd been using my own source images, everything that I'd been taking on my phone, I'd found these little photographic slides. They're called magic lantern slides. They're kind of early photography positives. So they're black and white little images printed on glass about eight centimeters square with a sort of black border. And I found these in a sort of thrift shop a couple of years ago. I was just fascinated by this kind of early almost sharing device like pre-Instagram because I could imagine that back in the day they would project light through them onto a wall and that's how you would share images before you know mechanical projectors and now smartphones and digital images Um, but they're wonderful because you can hold them they have like a physicality which you don't have with an iPhone image Um, and I really like that detachment and the way it becomes it's something unique and you know it kind of creates um it collects physical layers of time as it as it gets damaged or it you know gets scratched or the dust lands on it um it becomes kind of a unique object in the world which i feel sometimes is lacking from our digital images that are just this constant same stream so i wanted to work with these slides as a starting point and think about the materiality of the also what they represent and how they can how i can uh, mix them with newer images, my own images, digital images, and take them through the process of uh, three dimensions, re-photographing them, making them flat again, and then printing them again, and then ultimately cutting them out so they become dimensional once more. Yeah, that was the starting point. The image or the photograph as object or artwork as object is kind of quite a key mm-hmm. thing to your work now. Um, do you yeah. want to talk a bit more about that? Sure. So... That's where I feel like the cutting has quite an important role in the work because that brings it out from being a a print on paper into something three-dimensional, almost an object in space. So the works in the show, the cutouts, is a cutout layered over a print. So it's pulled out into three dimensions and you see through the top layer to the bottom layer and there's an interaction between the, the front and the back panel. Um, similarly, uh, the slides have a, a recto and a verso, so a, a front and a back. With, with the cutout works, you also have this relationship to before and behind and the depth that's created by removing spaces and seeing through one layer to the next. And then you've printed actually some pieces onto zinc as well, because we were talking about this when we met at the gallery. Around, mm. um, So they're printed onto zinc and then the zinc is really highly polished. So now the viewer becomes mm-hmm. part of that work as well. Yeah, so the viewer is sort of brought into the artwork. Um, you see a kind of reflection of yourself broken up by 
the negative space of a cutout image, which is pixelated. So the viewer themselves, it kind of becomes pixelated within the work um, and the whole space around the work is also reflected. It, it kind of feels like both a portal to somewhere else and a, a, yeah, a, a reflection on the world, I suppose. So it's very process-led work that you do because I know when we were talking, you were saying about, you know, firstly, you're, you know, sort of obviously inspired by these uh, magic lantern slides, you're using them, then you've got uh, the images that you've taken yourself and then there's this mm. uh, process that you go through using, you know, like bit mapping the images, like taking mm. them down to a very sort of binary file, which is then mm-hmm. hand-cut out as well. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I use the bitmap as a kind of counterpoint to the cutout. So you have something that's very understandable as, as a digital artifact sitting alongside or directly cut out by the human hand, which leaves behind all the imperfections. And when you look closely at each cutout pixel, they're imperfect. Everyone has its own character and none of the lines are straight and, it, it kind of gives the work a, a human sort of hum. Yeah, I feel like the, the hand-cutting process gives a, a liveness to the work that um, a straight digital file doesn't have that because it's with, with the uniformity of marks, it, there's a kind of sterility that the, the hand brings in a, a sort of human character that we recognize them. And I think we relate to a bit more physically and, you know, and it's more, you know, nature, nothing in nature is perfectly symmetrical or or neat and I think um, trying to bring back some of like a kind of realness to the sort of almost false perfectionism of the digital. And you recently did a, a fellowship, where, where was that? Uh, it was uh, City and Guilds of London Art School, it was um, a printmaking position so it was ended up being two and a half years and I was teaching the students, everyone from foundation up to masters. So you've got 18 year olds, you've got 60 year olds. It's really great. Uh, as well as alongside that, developing my own practice in printmaking because my, my undergraduate was in printmaking at the university of Brighton. But when I left, um, it's quite a difficult thing to keep up because you need access to facilities. You sort of have to, you have to have quite a lot of planning because you're sort of paying a day rate and you have to, really know what materials you're going to work with, what colors, the inks, and what you might need when you get there. And I kind of had the cutting in place by then, and that just actually took over and became the thing that I was mainly doing. But printmaking was always in the background for me and really informs a lot of my thinking, my ideas. Um, I think a lot of the layering comes from how printmaking works and the physical engagement with materials, with pushing, you know, embossing or instead of carving out a woodblock I'm effect I'm carving out paper and with the etching plates instead of making prints from them I'm just showing them as objects so I'm taking printmaking principles but adapting them to my own kind of language and where I find uh, the work most interesting which is more the dimensionality of of a 2d surface I suppose uh, as opposed to the pictorial result that people normally choose to show or explore or pursue kind of making a really good picture I'm more interested in how can I use printmaking to to bring in you know these different the digital and the analog languages marry the two 
so on the fellowships, I, so I was developing, um, at the beginning, I was looking at uh, red, green and blue channels of light and thinking about how I can turn those into physical layers and printing them, combining them together. So I was starting with digital images and looking at, looking at each channel and then turning each channel into a bitmap, which was the mapped out image, cutting them out, making those into plates and then reprinting them again. So it's sort of taking a digital image, taking it apart in a physical, putting it through a very traditional process and then flattening it back together to create one formal image. And then at the show, you've actually got some uh, monochrome pieces as well. I know on one of them you were using very uh, fragile paper and then there's a very black yeah. as well. Can you talk us about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so the ones with the fragile paper, that's, that's called uh, spider tissue or lens tissue. And traditionally, actually, it's used to clean a camera lens. So you would use it to make what you're looking at clearer. Whereas in my work, I really wanted it to obscure an image to make, to make it less about um, the subject of the image, which happened to be a mountain and actually draw more attention to the relationship between the material, i.e. something that's um, fragile and translucent and how that relates to the image in terms of it being something like in the clouds and far away and something that we can't quite fully grasp. So there's this kind of feeling of it being veiled and slightly unreachable. And then, yeah, the cutout paper there, it's sort of, um, it's falling apart a bit. So it's kind of pushed, pushed to the extremes of what a medium is, what a material can do. And then the black ones, they are, are uh, black paper and onto them I've stenciled. So with all my other works, I'm creating negative space through cutting and removing and leaving that as a sculptural depth. But with these works, I wanted to capture that negative space, uh, make it more physical, make it a relief. So I mixed carborundum powder, which is a printmaking sort of sandy grit with a kind of glue and I used my hands to kind of stencil that directly onto the paper creating like sort of like a small landscape relief from a cut out bitmapped image. The image in that work was of, it was a photograph I took of the the seabed uh, with a kind of residue of, of foam so I was interested in this idea of the impermanence of the of the sea and the water and the foam that gets left behind being constantly, constantly washed away. And it's, you know, water is never the same twice. And then taking the negative space, making it physical with this sand like residue that relates back to the subject of the photograph, which was the sand bed. So you have the kind of mirroring between the two processes, the process and the image. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because uh, what you said about the water and the seabed is, is, I mean, there's both a permanence and an impermanence there. And the, and the way you sort of uh, capture that with your, um, like you said, with the stencils. And those ones are on what metal? They're on metal plates, aren't they, rather than paper? It's black paper that's been mounted onto aluminium. So I just wanted a really smooth, clean uh, background. I didn't want the paper to be the most readable tangible part I really wanted to emphasize the the relief by mounting on aluminium it meant it was kind of pulled taut so there was more contrast between the background and what was sitting on that background excellent so the show runs at Christian Hallegard until the 11th of May it's called a three-dimensional sky what else have you got coming up 
Um, I'm still finishing a few works within that body of work. There was a whole kind of area of photograms that I wanted to explore, which is um, cameraless photography, but uh, which didn't make it into the show. Uh, but beyond that, looking more to the future, I'm currently doing a coding course. So I'm learning about coding images and I'm, I'm interested in, again, kind of after the working with the fragile tissue and how it began to degrade and fall apart and thinking about kind of glitches and really pushing things to the furthest point and what happens when you start to pull apart both physical and the digital. Uh, so I feel like the coding is going to be a really good way into that because there's so many things that you know, you put a number in wrong and you get the, this kind of weird outcome. And I feel like there's lots of ways I can work with that. And you can really work with images at the pixel level, which is really exciting having that, you know, working so close up the way I do, looking at the details. So being able to sort of analyze something from that point of view, I think it's really exciting. Fantastic. Caroline, thanks so much for making time to talk to me for this podcast episode. It's been great talking to you. Where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Harris, and I also have a website, carolinejaneharris.com. Brilliant. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Gita Joshi or visit the website, thecuratorsalon.com. Thanks so much, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much. Take care. The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.